Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Always covered in 15 minutes or less. Now, let's get to the point. Hi, and welcome back to To The Point Cybersecurity. I am one of your hosts, Erica Pierce, and joined um, from his home, like everybody else, Eric Trexler. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing great, Erica. We're going to be more visionary today. I love it. I love the future. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is definitely the time to be looking towards the future. Um, so Who do we, we have, have today? We have a great guest. We have, uh, for a second time, we have um, Matt Monahan from Forcepoint, the CEO. Hi, Matt. How you doing? Hey, how are you? Great to be back. Yes, wish I, thank you. Wish I was invited back earlier, not under a crisis situation, but that's cool. <laughs> you know, right, Matt, I feel right. very, I feel comfortable working from home when my CEO is working from home. So this is good. <laughs> Personal bunkers. Yeah, he took the words out of my mouth. We're all here in our, our personal bunkers. And so, um, you know, right now, I think we're all adjusting to this new normal and there's just so much uncertainty. And, you know, Matt, as a, a leader of, of Force Point, one of the first questions I think we'd like to talk about is, you know, you can't, you can plan for a lot of things, um, especially, you know, in uh, companies, especially cybersecurity companies, you know, you're always planning for the unexpected to be, to be prepared. But I don't think anyone truly planned for this. It didn't matter how comprehensive your business continuity plan is. You know, how are you handling things? I mean, just that's my first question to you as, as <laughs> how, how's it going? Well, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's been interesting times for sure. And you, you, you have companies do their best work preparing for the worst. And all of a sudden something catches you from left field that totally throws those plans up into the air. I think um, this was a unique situation because it was a combination of both the personal impact uh, and the economic impact converging at the same time. So I think there was, you know, we've experienced recessions in the past. We've experienced uh, unfortunate calamities globally in the past. But these two things were right on top of each other, which led to the first. Um, just with Forcepoint CEO hat on, obviously health and safety of our employees was number one, job number one. And I think we took pretty proactive steps early on, uh, you know, uh, to really make sure that we went into lockdown mode as soon as we had some visibility that this was, you know, bigger than a bread box type of situation. And uh, so we went into hunker down mode on the personal safety side, and then quickly went into the second phase, which was the economic safety, which is managing our company through uh, a situation like this to weather a downturn that may be longer than people realize. Uh, but I think we, we were, were fortunate to get on top of both of those things fairly early and are doing our best just like any other company is, I'm sure. Matt, how do you think about approaching customers? I mean, they're going through the exact same calculations, right? They're taking care of their people. Depending on what industry you're in, you're trying to serve the, the American or, or your nation's economy in many ways. How do, you, how do you prepare for that? How do you think about that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, so we're, you know, we're a global company, Erica, obviously, as you know, and so this is a global issue, right? So I think this is one of the first we've seen where instead of just monitoring a country and something they're going through, it's the globe. You know, and so yeah. I've been touching base with teams uh, in town halls, literally country by country by country basis, because it's such a nuanced thing, uh, you know, to everybody who's going through it. And the epicenter keeps moving, right? So this is a moving, rolling thunder type of thing we're trying to try, trying to do. In the meantime, we're in the somewhat fortunate situation that we're in cybersecurity, which isn't slowing down; it's it's heating up. But you know, one of the things that's just driven me nuts around the cybersecurity space, uh, as I addressed the employees, was just the ambulance chasing you know, take advantage of a calamity type of approach, which just is really unbefitting, particularly with something like this. So we've had to keep the lights on. We've had to go and excel and we have to go engage, but it really is less selling and more offering of help in the truest sense of the word. 
uh, not in a disingenuous way and, and, and offering an outreach to our existing customers and offering to be there to prospects in a way that hopefully will, um, you know, only, uh, uh, you know, make us a stronger company on the other, other end. You know, you got to walk so, the walk in times like this, you know? So be available, but don't, you know, don't jump on them and try to, to hawk your product, if you will. Do it in a genuine way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, relationships aren't events, they're long-term, uh, you know, uh, engagement, you know, and I think if you think in terms of a renewal or a sale, you're totally missing the boat with where cyber's going these days. Fully agree. Well, and that said, you know, I think a lot of companies, I mean, there some companies are more in survival mode than others right now, but in terms of cybersecurity, are you seeing more of an urgency? I mean, I think obviously you, we now have people who are um, working and um, getting on the network from home. Um, hopefully they're doing it in a secure way, but we also know that the enemy waits for, you know, these types of weaknesses to go ahead and still proceed with attacks. And so are you seeing that type of urgency right now from, um, um, from customers, be it government or commercial? Yeah, you know, so I think it's, it's just a fascinating situation. So I think this will be recognized as sort of the great awakening, a global awakening for cyber. And I don't think the implications yet have been fully thought through or experienced, right? And so let me start with the first one. In, in the old IT way, right? The old uh, IT, uh, if someone said, hey, we need to go prepare the company to be 100% remote, Right, IT would have come back and said, "I need ten million dollars in ten months to prepare for it, or right? years, or years." Companies, yeah. did. Or, or we can't do it. They would have or, said, "We can't do it." Yeah, companies. But you're did. right. I mean, they they moved. I mean, I think so. The first thing is, I think this is important for how the paradigm needs to shift in cybersecurity. Companies should realize and wake up and take great pride in that overnight they changed things. They thought they could handle remote workers. They didn't. They didn't know they were going to have to handle their entire company being remote. Right. So, you know, I think the first one is take pride in IT's ability to move fast. OK, and I don't think they fully uh, have comprehended everything that has changed in this new world of cyber. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I tend to tell a lot of the prospects that I'm speaking with. This isn't around securing remote workforces. This is around securing your people and data in an era of permanently remote workforces. You know, and that's a very, very different mindset. It's nuanced. The story's still playing out and hackers are clearly taking advantage of this. One of the different, thing, different things in this situation is just some of the fear and anxiety that has existed has made people the target, you know, for various attacks and phishing scams to steal credentials. That is, you know, uh, I think the ramifications of which have yet to be seen. So um, I know that, um, you know, let's just say every CISO now is heightened to the need to understand behavior on the networks in times like this, because, you know, it's not about IT anymore. Right. It's around who's on my network and what are they doing, whether they're in headquarters or now at the edge, uh, completely remote. Yeah, I feel like we're in the age of the remote worker, but it, it's about so much more than the remote worker. I mean, the the fundamental components of protecting data and, and, and personnel haven't changed just because people went to home. The location where they work from went to changed. Yeah, I think, you know, this has been the problem with cyber. Cyber has never focused on people as the tip of the spear. Right. It's always been tech. Right. And, you know, I, uh, the edge, you know, pre-COVID-19 was the uh, Internet of Things. It now is the Internet of People. Right. So if you look at what's happening with the world, I mean, how small does the world feel now? I mean, it feels incredibly small. Right. About you know, twenty eight hundred right? square feet for me. <laughs> I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I mean, literally and figuratively. Right. I mean, something starts in yeah. China a month later. It's in the U.S. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, and so you, you see, you know, nation states lines blurring with immigration. Right. You see you know, uh, boundaries blurring and IT with work from home. You see, 
um, religions blurring, right? You see all this stuff happening in the world. It's all about people. It's the internet of people. Now, that is the edge. You know, that, and people are the new perimeter. It's not a device. You know, the devices are hanging off people, right? And so, you know, I think hackers have proven that people are far more worth, worthwhile attack, or, uh, attack point than silicon. And that's what they're doing, right? So I think that's, that's why this is such an interesting period for us because people's behaviors now are driving the security architectures, not the other way around. Yeah, no, people, people are the new perimeter. I've heard you say that so many times. And I think this, this crisis, this global pandemic we're dealing in really underscores how important that is. Like, as, a, as an employer, you need to understand where your data is, how your people are interacting, but how to protect them too. Yeah, well, it's both, it's both right? And that's why I say protecting your users, number one, from credential identity theft, you know, uh, you know and they're, they're being attacked and more likely susceptible when they're, you know, the high anxiety, whether it's for their job or health. Mm-hmm or their family. You've got kids going on uh, CISO's laptops at home that never used to do <laughs> yeah. that. Going to, all sorts of, going to all sorts of websites. I mean, it's a, you know, talk about uh, BYOD. This is BY, bring your own IT, right? And right. so I've, I've engaged with more CISOs over the past two weeks that are asking things around, how do you control printing to home, uh, home printers? You know, we've had examples of clients who've had employees um, upset with how they handled the COVID-19 process and uh, steal information and publish it to Wall Street Journal and New York Times, which obviously can make uh, executives' lives extremely difficult, you know. So again, I think, I think the notion of uh, misuse of data, uh, theft of data, you know, behavior is all going to play out over the next decade is really, this is not about tech anymore. This is around people and the tech they need to do their jobs. And uh, you better secure that, uh, that high-level environment or else, uh, you know, none of the spend matters, quite frankly. So Matt, you said you're having a lot of conversations with the CISOs. So what kind of advice are you giving them beyond, you know, I'm sure the, how to print at home, but, but in terms yeah. of just, you know, what the new world order will look like and how they should, um, you know, be thinking about things in the future? Yeah, I mean, COVID-19, unfortunately, is, is a poster child type of use case, right, where there's, there's mass change to the way business conduct business, okay? But, you know, uh, our, our message has not changed. And, you know, this could be, it could have been an earthquake, you know, it could have been a, a power generator outage. You know, it could have been COVID-19. It will be something. Mm-hmm. Now, and there may be other positive things. I mean, the cloud was one of those events, right? Now, you look at what's happening in Microsoft and Amazon. This is here to stay. And so I think this is around using uh, this as a great um, case study. Sit back. Don't think about tech. Ask yourselves, what did you learn new about your people? What were your most what were most of your concerns around data, right? Uh, tell, what data were you concerned would be stolen? What people were you concerned might turn against the company? Why? Be very introspective, and if you can answer those two questions, all the tech will fall out of the trees and can align for you to solve that problem. But if you're Almost. thinking, yeah, if you're thinking about a point product, you know, and buying more, uh, that, that's not the way the world's going to work. You know, so I do I do try to help prepare for a world where you need a single security policy that enables your people to be secure wherever they are and to remove friction wherever they are when they're um, acting in accordance with the rights and privileges you grant them, full stop. And that's to protect them as well as your data, right? And so I think, I think that this is going to, the, the shakeout from this is going to be felt for, for years to come. Matt, we started chatting today about how IT just made it happen, right? In the past, they would have planned, it would have been huge. They just made it happen. Do you think security will follow? Do you think that now that we are remote, now that the workforce is is disseminated out to homes and wherever, they'll just make security happen because they have to? Or will you go back to somewhat of the old norm? I think it's a great question. I think, you know, and this is part of the reason why I'm so excited for Forcepoint, we have to make this happen. 
as soon as you show um, the ability to have a single policy, you know, follow someone around wherever they go and protect them from nation states who are trying to steal their credentials and also protect the company from bad behavior if that happens, I think you're going to see um, a significant movement in paradigm shift inside of cybersecurity. I think you're going to see convergence at the product level, which has to happen, lead to convergence and consolidation at the companies and in, in cybersecurity. Um, it has to come together, Eric. It has to, right? Because, because they need outcomes. They don't need product. They need outcomes. And, and, and the products have proven that independently, right? Despite the effort of the most sophisticated CISOs out there, you can't stitch a bunch of stuff together to create a shield as well as you need, as well as you need to. And so cybersecurity is going to have to do it. And I think that, you know, uh, what we're, what we're talking about and other companies are trying to make happen, which is, you know, forget about the tech, take the capabilities and stitch them to use cases that matter for you. If you can solve the use cases, um, you can solve customer problems. If you focus on features and, 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 uh, you know, features and benefits of a product, it's not solving a use case. If I, if I ask a group of a hundred CISOs, you know, how many people want to deploy DLP, right? A data leakage prevention technology, a couple hands will go up because of compliance. And, you know, obviously it's a fairly sizable market. But if I ask you, uh, that same group, how many people want to stop data exfiltration in a hybrid cloud environment, particularly in a situation like COVID-19, 100% of the hands will go mm -hmm. up. Why is that? You take 10 vendors to go solve the second problem. Anyone can go sell DLP, right? So this is really powerful. This is going back you know, Steve Jobs or, you know, any Harvard Business Review article would say, what job is your customer hiring you to do, right? Stop selling the technology and start solving a problem, doing a job for them. And I think this is just going back to basics in many cases. So let's talk 2025. We're all vaccinated. COVID-19 is somewhat <laughs> behind us. Obviously, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of damage and loss and pain. But what does the cybersecurity world look like five years from now, post, you know, with the learnings we just, we, 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 we're, we're gaining right now, really. Yeah. So I think- What does I it think, look like in your mind? I think, I think it's going to accelerate the cloud. If you look at anything, whether it's Zoom or, or Microsoft Teams or just the explosion, you know, if you have to put a box in the network, um, this incident clearly showed the um, impact that that will have on your ability to rapidly respond. So, you know, it may sound crazy to say that the cloud will accelerate, but it will accelerate, right? And number one. You will see Microsoft and Amazon continue to raise the bar of what good enough security looks like. And it won't be good enough because they're never going to take liability policy encryption keys on their shoulders, right? They will provide right. an increasingly marginalized cloud stack, okay? That cloud stack will get increasingly expensive because of the control they have. And you will see baby clouds start to form, right? These interim, you know, minor clouds that people can throw up because IT is so cheap. And I think you're going to start seeing um, uh, convergence of what were historical product categories and a lot of Gartner Magic Quadrants go away, right? Because it's bleeding into each other. And uh, so imagine a world where you have choice of platforms to go on from a security standpoint and not trying to cobble together products. Your environment, instead of having 150 vendors, will have five or six platform providers in security. And I think that's where, that's where we're going. Those platform providers better play well together. Right. It's very different than Amazon and Microsoft, you know, creating their own islands of compute, right? Security vendors are going to have to, uh, you know, uh, uh, integrate in, in a way they never have before. And they're going to have to go deeper in providing a broader set of capabilities because a, a one-trick pony isn't going to cut it because uh, no one's going no to go with that. And the other thing you're going to see is uh, customers starting to be relinquent, both because of the uh, challenges of COVID-19 and others. It's got to be easy to deploy. They'll never put more than one endpoint on an endpoint from one platform provider. 
you know, current, current endpoint technology, some enterprises have, you know, 6, 10, 12 uh, different ones on there. I think you'll see three, four, five, and that's it. And there'll, there'll be one per provider. So a lot, lot, lot's going to go on. I could talk for hours about that, but I think it was <laughs> underway. I think COVID-19 will accelerate a lot of this. Okay. Wow. Last question from me. Go ahead, Eric. No, go ahead. Matt, you've been at home five weeks, I think now. <laughs> Give me the secret. How are you keeping sane? I am going nuts. <laughs> I mean, working out. I mean, what what are you doing well, to keep your yeah, mind sharp? I, 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 well, this is this is the irony. I, I wake up in the morning. I try to do some yoga once in a while. You know, I went for a walk, and then I made the big mistake of getting a puppy. You know, and uh, oh, during it's a good during time COVID nineteen, but you're home, so great time to be the full time uh, dog trainer when you're not <laughs> running a company. Peace. I thought would bring me peace, but that was not the case. So. <laughs> no, it's uh, no, it's it, that, it's been tough. I'm, I'm anxious to get back out there and see customers. All I will say. That um, I would say, uh, well, it isn't the same being in front of a customer, obviously. I think everyone is a little bit closer, feels a little bit closer, and uh, can connect when you get on video with someone. So I think I think there's been some good things coming out of that. Well, and I think, you know, thank you, Matt, for just highlighting, I think, all of the things that we hope will be the positives of what this, <laughs> you know, pandemic has brought on. And so um, just in terms of, I think, how organizations operate, how we operate, um, you know, be it on a per- personal or professional basis. I mean, I, I like what you had to say about how the things that we will see transform hopefully it won't take till 2025. <laughs> but, when, you go, when you go into a restaurant, you see four to five couples, both of them on their phones or TVs in front of everyone. I mean, people are literally talking about how they're sick of tech, right? Uh, right. I think it's a great thing. I think it's a reset, a little bit of rebalance, you know, let's, let's go old school for a bit, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, Matt, next time we all chat, we are not uh, <laughs> stuck at home. <laughs> Erica, are you in on the puppy or you're out? <laughs> I, I think it's a great, you know, my dog who is um, not a puppy, she's 15 years old. Um, it, I think she is tired of me actually being <laughs> home all the time. <laughs> the first two weeks, she was really excited about it. But I think she's wondering if I've been fired or what's happening. Why am I home so much? So. <laughs> Maybe that's it, Matt. The concerns for you being home too much. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> they like their, everyone likes their space, even our pets. So, <laughs> right, so the final question is going to be, will I get, will I get invited back within another year or two years time? Eric seems to be uh, holding me off a guard a little bit. <laughs> well, we have to see how you do with the puppy, of course. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I think we'd love to have you back. I think we actually would like to, you know, have you back sooner rather than later to talk about what what really has been the response um, once things get back to the new normal. So, um, and hopefully some of the things that you've spoke to, um, we will, those will come to fruition. So thank you so much, Matt, for taking time to speak with us today. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who continues to tune in every week to To The Point Cybersecurity. We love to provide this content for you, especially right now while we're all searching for new and different things to listen to. So please continue to tune in. Um, Please subscribe, share with a friend or colleague and listen to us next week. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store 